0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. We've learned to hide our true feelings and emotions from the view of the outside world. For fear of being seen as weak, undeserving, or not enough. While this strategy works well for a while, many of us are realizing it is not a sustainable way to continue living life, especially when there is so much that we want to achieve, create, and contribute. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shameen Sadek. In this program, you'll hear from Shameen and her guests about what it's like to face these fears head on. And courageously share emotion, vulnerability, and experience in service of creating connection, resilience, and extraordinary results. Now, here's your host, Shameen Sadiq.
1: Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shameen Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So, welcome to summer. It is uh, the beginning of the summer season here where I live in Toronto, and the weather has been immensely cooperative uh, for the past few days, and I've been immensely appreciative of that. It's nice to be able to go outside without either being too cold, too wet, or too hot. So, I am loving this weather and loving these days. I had an interesting weekend. Uh, I had an experience of, um, well, just an experience of grace, I guess, over the weekend. We had a family event on Saturday to honor and celebrate the memory and life of my grandma who passed away in the middle of April. So those of you who have been listening to the show and uh, listening to me over the past weeks know that that was a very... Um, sad and profound and um, gracious occasion. And so this was the day that we had selected to be together in order to celebrate her life. And so I was very, very engaged in the um, execution of that day. Uh, My mom did a lot of the planning and I showed up on the day of and was able to help her uh, a lot that day. So in the morning of that day, I had to travel to where my mom lives, which is outside of my city. And if you live in Toronto or anywhere nearby, you know that right now, because of the Pan Am Games, which are starting soon, we have uh, traffic snafus like no tomorrow we've got hov lanes that have been changed from needing two people to three in order to drive in them and the traffic has just been quite chaotic the city has been in a bit of an uproar and it's uh, it's been the topic of the topic of conversation with many uh, for the past few weeks or past couple of weeks anyway since this all came into effect so I decided to take a train to get to my mom's place instead of driving. And I left early in the morning and I got on a train and it was gonna take about an hour. And I was so amazed at how lovely it was to not drive. I I love driving. It's something I I do a lot. I, I love my car. I have a Nissan juke and I just love it. It's small and fast and peppy and energetic. And I feel like it's a nice reflection of how I feel about myself or how I'd like to feel about myself most of the time. But I really enjoyed the peace of not having to be in control of everything, to sit back and be a passenger for a while instead of the driver was a very nice change. And so like all good North American high-octane life people, I spent the first half hour uh, catching up on emails on my iPhone Responding to people who had written to me over the past few days, uh, people who had written to me in the past months that I had neglected to answer, and just generally getting caught up. Once that was done, I set the phone down and I started to gaze out the window. And I just allowed myself to take in the scene. Now, going west, from Toronto, there isn't that much to see on the train ride, I've realized. There are a lot of factories and buildings that look industrial in nature. And while I was just taking in the scene as I was going along, I was sort of amazed. It sort of occurred to me, wow, look at all these things that we have built on this planet. And all of the materials to build them have come from the planet." they didn't arrive here by any other means. Nobody dropped pieces of aluminum or or poured concrete from the sky into our domain and onto our land. We have created all of this out of the earth. And I begin to marvel. I don't know very much about where aluminum comes from or or how things are made. I'm just not wired that way. That's That's not what I know about. But it's okay to be curious about it, even if you don't know about it. And so I was just noticing, wow, I mean, we have evolved. We have come so far from, you know, just walking on this planet to um, finding ways to put it into service or to use its resources to support our evolution and growth. Now, I also know that there's a downside to all of this, which is that we are, using up the resources of the planet and uh, there's a lot of concern about where that might be taking us and how that might be shortening our time here Uh, and I am compassionate uh, on that front too as I feel very strongly about the Earth and her value and importance. So I was able to marvel at the engineering and the evolution of us as a human species as well as uh, acknowledge that In some ways, we're we're overdoing it, and we may be hastening our demise because of this. So interesting that that something so wonderful can have such a a big downside to it. So that isn't the point of the show today. The topic is actually evolution, and that was my long-winded way of saying, wow, have we ever evolved on so many levels? The other thing that occurred to me as I was watching all of this and considering all of this on the train was that... It was only when I slowed down, uh, like when I put the iPhone away and actually looked out the window, that I was able to appreciate this evolution. And so we'll begin, as we have been in past weeks, by slowing down. So I invite you to uncross your legs, place your feet flat on the floor, put your palms down, uh, face down on your thighs, on your legs, wherever it feels comfortable. And to adopt a upright and dignified but relaxed position. So not slouching, but not so rigid that you um, are like a steel pole. That's not the point here. It's just to be dignified and to, to sort of sit in an upright position. Closing your eyes if you feel comfortable with that. Taking off your glasses for a moment, as I just did. And bringing your awareness into your feet. And as you take your awareness down to your feet, just take a couple of deep breaths here and see if you can just sink into the chair, sink your feet into the floor, inhaling, and exhaling, and inhaling, and exhaling. Good. And just slowing things down for a couple of minutes before we launch into the topic of evolution. And just letting your feet come in connection with the floor and imagine that your feet are planted on the earth. you are like a, a tree trunk the bottom of a tree touching the ground and know that from the surface we can only see the place of intersection where the the bottom of the trunk touches the top of the earth but you know that that tree is rooted deeply deeply into the earth and so I want you to imagine your own rooting into the earth how your self roots down into the earth reaches down for connection for groundedness, for strength. And as you sit here breathing, just check into your own roots and notice what they're like. Maybe you don't have any. Maybe you notice that there is no sense of rootedness. Perhaps you notice that your roots extend deeply down towards the center of the earth. Or maybe you're noticing that your roots are more delicate more like a vine or a system of vines spreading out widely uh, from your feet wide across the earth or something else just notice whatever it is that you're noticing about your roots in this moment and before we bring this few moments of slowing down to a close i want you to just experiment for a moment See if you can take those roots, or if there weren't any roots, see if you can imagine that you have some, that little, little tendrils, green tendrils are coming out like a, almost like a fern unfolding downward into the earth. And if you have roots, imagine that they can go just a little bit deeper Or if your roots are straight down towards the center of the earth, see what it would be like to energetically send those roots a little more broadly outward. So we're just working on expanding a little bit. Just taking the place where you are and expanding down into the earth a tiny, tiny bit. And what I invite you to do is to continue your own practice with this after the show at a time when you have some time of peace, some time to be with yourself. And as we bring this to a close, just thank the earth for providing us with all of this support, the support to ground ourselves and and find ground under our feet, the support to create all that we have created so far, how we have worked in harmony with the earth to evolve ourselves, and it synergistically, synchronistically, together in harmony. Thanking the earth for all of this. And we'll come back to the room, back to the show, back to the topic at hand. Perhaps you'll wiggle wiggle your fingers and toes or stretch, just take a big stretch and let your spine sort of rotate or move from side to side in a comfortable, feel-good way, not forcing anything or making anything happen that isn't comfortable for you, just stretching and coming back into your seat. I've received some emails from some of you who have expressed your appreciation for these few minutes of reflection or quiet or meditation, whatever you want to call it, ...that we have been spending together at the beginning of the show. And what I want you all to know is that I have a visualization for you. It's free. You can download it uh, on your own. It's available through my website. So if you go to anjali ...and look for the link to receive this free visualization... ...all you have to do is sign up for my e-newsletter and you can then download this free recording uh, that I have for you. It's about 20 minutes long, and it's something that you can practice every day. I did not come up with this on my own. It came from work that I learned with a teacher named Suzanne Skurlock dorana and it's important for me that I acknowledge my teachers. She introduced me to this work of grounding and connecting to the earth, and it has been a great support to me and very empowering and helpful in my own evolution, actually. And I continue to use it to uh, give me that support as I go forward. So it's there for you. If you would like it, you can go grab it. It's, uh, it's just me speaking uh, a longer version of what we've been doing today. And some who have listened to it and use it find it immensely helpful. So go check it out. And if you like it, then you, you can have it. So talking about an evolution... I sent out a newsletter last week about this, and I wrote about this for the episode today. Um, the old way for me was to say yes to everything, and then deliver it all by myself. And I've been operating that way for a long time. And I'll tell you, even just talking about it tires me. It's um, It was a, a great thing to do. It worked really well for a while, and the demand got greater and greater. And I realized earlier this year that it was time for me to change Uh, evolve my story (laughs) and the story was I have to do it all myself and I was able to evolve this story to together we can serve more of you than I ever could on my own and on the surface that sounds pretty straightforward oh of course that's true you might be saying of course together we can serve more but there was a, a big piece of me that was sort of wrapped up in needing to be the one needing to be the one who delivered And it comes from a long uh, story, a longer story of mine, which is when I first began in this work, I had a sense that I was supposed to do something great, that I was supposed to be here doing something amazing, uh, being of service, being uh, big, being well-known and sought after. Uh, And so there was a purposefulness to it, which was, I, I think I'm here to serve in some impactful way. There was also an egotistical um, uh, version of that, which was, I want to be famous. Uh, And so that led me into my journey. I was reading a poem today before the show by Naomi Shabab Nye, a poet, and the poem is called Famous. And it really speaks to uh, the evolution of this notion of fame. So in my early days, I Thought it was great when people loved me and said good things about me. And hey, there's a part of me that still does think that's great. Of course, I love positive feedback. Uh, I think many of us do, and 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 that's great. And um, this uh, notion of famous changes as time goes on. So let me read to you her poem called "Famous." This is again by Naomi Shabab Nye. So she says, "The river is famous to the fish. The loud voice is famous to silence." which knew it would inherit the earth before anyone said so. The cat sleeping on the fence is famous to the birds, watching him from the birdhouse. The tear is famous, briefly, to the cheek. The idea you carry close to your bosom is famous to your bosom. The boot is famous to the earth, more famous than the dress shoe, which is famous only to floors. The bent photograph is famous to the one who carries it, and not at all to the one who it pictures. I want to be famous to shuffling men who smile while crossing streets, stickly children in grocery lines famous as the one who smiled back. I want to be famous in the way a pulley is famous or a buttonhole, not because it did anything spectacular, but because it never forgot what it could do. And that to me speaks to the essence of evolution, at least in terms of this wanting to be famous dynamic that I am subject to and have operated with. That famous is not so much about having myself at the top of any ranking list on LinkedIn or having a certain number of likes on Facebook, but rather because I don't forget what I'm here for, because I can stay true to my purpose and stay on track and so when I was reading this today I was thinking I should share this with you as an example of what I mean by evolution now we're evolving on many fronts and when we come back from the break I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about how I think about this evolution and then I'm going to invite you to consider your own life and how you are evolving so this is Shamin Sadiq this is stories from the heart of leadership we're going to take a break and we'll be right back your world motivate change succeed voice hello i'm shamin sadik the founder and ceo of anjali leadership anjali means heartfelt offering and it's no accident that my company is named this way as our work comes straight from the heart I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit ANJALIleadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to ANJALIleadership.com and let's get started.
0: Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamine at com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership.
1: Welcome back. As I was sitting over the break, I was thinking about this topic of evolution And I was noticing that it's happening on multiple levels all over the place. Uh, So we talked about the earth, we talked about the structures that we have built upon the earth and how that um, using the earth's resources, putting them into service is reflective of an evolution of humankind. We've talked about one particular line uh, on the line of ego or wanting to be famous and how that can grow up or evolve. And I was thinking as well about the radio show, this radio show, Stories from the Heart of Leadership, how it has evolved. When I started it back in early 2014, I didn't know anything about doing a radio show. And I was sort of learning as I went, uh, figuring it out as I went along. And hey, I'm still really early in my radio host career. But what I know is that over the year. It has taught me and I have learned from it, from the show, from the process, from the repeated exposure to this medium. And I've begun to incorporate it into my larger business. So here's the evolution, as you might have heard over the break. I have a commercial now. I didn't have one at the beginning. It took me a very long time to get that going. We have a banner coming soon. That you'll see on the show page when you open it to listen to the show and I've been upgrading and updating things that are out there about me my social media Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn on Facebook we have an Anjali leadership Facebook page now and as well on Twitter at Shamin Sadiq so this is all a reflection of an evolution that has taken place from some person who's just talking on the radio to some person who's talking on the radio with a bunch of other things to support what she's saying uh, that are all aligning and starting to line up with each other and and communicate and join with each other. So, cool, cool. Now, I was talking about the statement that I used to believe, which is I have to do it all myself. and. Even as I say that, I used to believe that. I still believe that a lot of the time, but I'm a little bit more aware of that story or that way of thinking. So before the show, I was reflecting on it, and I said "I, I said that I would, I promised in my newsletter last week that I would share more of the deeper conversation that I had with myself that led me to be able to switch from doing everything myself to having a team and serving you uh, with a team at Anjali Leadership. So, so here's what I was reflecting upon before the show. What, what is underneath having, it, having to do it all myself? Like if I didn't do it all myself, what, what would be the problem with that or what would be at risk? And I came up with three things and I was sort of heartened to see that they align with the framework of gifts that I operate by and that I use in my coaching and consulting. So here are the three things that came up. Um, if I don't do it myself, it won't be done right, or it don't won't be done well. So this, I think, is reflective of my gift of willpower. I like to get things done, and I like to do them really well. Uh, if, if I didn't do it all myself, uh, what would be at risk? Well, nobody else can do it like I can. So there's the gift of intellect um, at its worst. You know, I'm the best, I'm the only one, and nobody is as good as me. And then there's the gift of heart part of this. If I had to do it all myself and I didn't, what would be at risk? I'd be letting them down. I'd be letting people down by not doing it. So with those conversations kind of running under the surface, it was not that easy to say no. It was not that easy to delegate to anybody else or invite anybody else to join me to deliver and it was not uh, very easy to, um, s- to, e- to put structure or any prioritization in place because I was always worried that I'd be letting people down. The person I ended up letting down, by the way, most in that scenario was myself because I was tired, I was overwhelmed, I was resentful, I wasn't present with my children, my clients got the best of me, and everybody else in my life got anything that was left over. And once that was done, then there was me who got nothing. So it's interesting how these stories can backfire and have an impact that is exactly the opposite of what we intended. I also want to say that these old stories that we're evolving from or growing from Are important and very useful so it's not so useful to me today to believe that if somebody else does something it won't be done right but in in earlier days this was important so let me come back to my story about famous Um, famous wanting to be famous uh, and wanting to be of service as well they're both together at the beginning of my story uh, turned into or led me into needing to overcome Needing to prove myself, needing to knock down doors that were closed in my face, to bash through ceilings that were imposed upon me, I needed that uh, that sort of sense of having to overcome in order to grow myself, push myself forward, enter into new communities, new markets, new types of work. And so it was a very useful story to say, you know, I have to do this myself, or. Uh, I, nobody else can do it the way I can. It helped me to hone who I am and how I do things. So it was very, very useful. Uh, where that led me was into being compelled, compelled to do things. So as one of my friends, Jim Anderson, says, the thing I couldn't not do or the thing I couldn't not be. And what I couldn't not be was someone who who serves uh, the the learning and growth of humans in the way that I do. And so I was compelled and pulled forward by that compulsion or that compelling kind of feeling of, this is my gift, this is what I must do. And that also kept me in the old story of, I have to do it myself. It didn't keep me in that story, but that story is the thing that was underpinning all of that. So it was good. It helped me to grow. It helped me to learn how to do things that I do now very easily. I wasn't always uh, as good at some of these things as I am today, and I'm still learning. I'm still a work in progress. But anyway, that feeling of, of an old story or having to do something or being sort of independent really helped me to become who I am. And now I'm at the place where I'm moving from, I'm compelled to do everything and do it, do it myself, to what would it be like to join, to join with others? So that's the the piece of the evolution I'm just at the beginning of now. So it was interesting. I sent out a newsletter saying that Anjali leadership is evolving from me being a sole delivery person to becoming a consulting organization with a team. And a couple of people wrote and said, I'd like to join your team, which sort of flummoxed me at the time that I received the emails because I was like, what t- there's only a couple of people. they're sort of here with me. They're not employees. they're subcontractors, and they're wonderful people, and I'm giving them a little bit of work, but I haven't got enough to support you know employment of a whole bunch of people or inclusion of a whole bunch of people on my team. So it sort of uh, threw me off a little bit. It uh, made me kind of take notice that when you say something, then it sounds like people will take it as a done deal. But I'm in the evolution of this. So I'm at the very front end of team as opposed to me as a sole deliverer, and it's interesting to watch what's happening. On that front, if if any of you are wondering the same thing, oh, she said she's got a team and I'd like to be part of that, or how do I get in on that? I think I'm going to invite people who are interested to talk about uh, that together, very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. I'll let you know through my newsletter, which, if you are not signed up to receive, you can go to anjalileadership.com and sign up for it there. Okay, so we're talking about evolution. We've had many, many examples of things that I've been reflecting upon. And I invite you to take a moment now and think about yourself and think about your own evolution. What are some things that you have habitually done that perhaps could be upgraded today? Um, What are some patterns that you see yourself repeating over and over again that you might be able to shift if you changed your story and you began to uh, examine your story and then change it to something different? Think about yourself for a moment. And keep that in mind as I as I talk through a little bit of a framework. I'm noticing that on my show, I like to give you some frameworks to, to relate things to, so that you're not just listening to me babble on about myself or what I'm noticing or what I'm noticing in my clientele, but rather to apply it to something, some kind of a picture. So what I have in front of me... Today is a picture that I drew a few weeks ago. I'm trying to use other realms other than just using words spoken or written to help explain or describe what it is I'm up to, also to expand my perspective. So the, the way I'm looking at this is you've heard me talk about the the lotus, the lotus flower. So what I know about the lotus flower is that its roots are in the mud. It grows through mud and stagnant kind of dirty, quote unquote, water that um, you wouldn't expect anything so beautiful to be the product of such muddy kind of dirty stuff. And yet a beautiful flower appears on the surface of the water. Beautiful petals, beautiful colors, uh, just uh, gorgeous and its roots are stuck firmly in this mud. So if I think about us in that way, I think of the mud as being the, I call it, historical underpinnings of our life. What I mean by that is, well, what we grew through, what we grew through as a young person, as a teenager, the the challenges that we faced, the strife that we had to deal with, um, perhaps there was a difficult family situation, many of us have had that, or maybe there were environmental circumstances or political and social circumstances that all of us have grown through something difficult or something challenging. And if you haven't, well, I'm really happy for you. That's awesome. And m- many of the people that I've spoken to, in fact, all of them, have something in their story that is kind of mud-like. And so this history, you know, is, is what we grow through. And we might be standing now as an adult or a young adult, um, and we're the product of that ex- set of experiences, that mud, if you like, and then what I've what I've drawn here is like the stem of the lotus. So the roots are in the mud. The stem is the growth and evolution that we go through because of those difficult things. So when my parents divorced when I was very young, I became very capable, very competent. I started to look after my younger brother. I was concerned that uh, nobody was looking after him. He was very small. He was... Um, two and I was five and I thought, oh, I've got to take care of him. And so I became very good at taking care of people, taking care of others. And I gr- and that's one of the gifts that I have now is that I, I can uh, care for others and, and I'm very competent as a result. And then we see the, the flower, the flower sitting up at the top of this picture on the surface. And when I use this to think about what I'm up to, what we're all up to. That's what I think of is this lotus flower. The roots are the the history we've lived through. The stem is the growth and evolution uh, that we've taken on along the way. Uh, We build more resilience. We build more leadership. We empower ourselves as we grow older through these experiences, and that's an evolution too. And then we are... I don't know if the flower is the result because there has to be something else. Like I'm 45 years old and if the flower, if I'm a flower now and that's the result of all this work, then I have nowhere to go. So that's not exactly what I mean by this. But when you think about moving towards something that matters to you, I think about the flower in that way, growing towards who I am becoming or towards my full potential or continuing to evolve my gifts I think of the flower as the vision, if you like, of of where I'm headed. So I was thinking about it that way, and I was also thinking about this. I believe that as humans, we all come in with some gifts, and there are many gifts that we have to offer, but if I was to categorize them, I would call them gift of heart, gift of intellect, and gift of willpower. And I, I must say that this frame came to me because of my involvement with the leadership circle, who you hear me talking about all the time on the show. And so I want to acknowledge that that's where I got this frame from. And the, uh, they don't talk about it in terms of those names, labels uh, specifically, but this is what I've taken from what I learned there. My evolution of that is to take it in and, and to present it to you as a set of gifts, So we have these gifts, and we are better at one perhaps than the other, or maybe we're really good at two and not so much at the other, so heart, intellect, and willpower. And we begin to um, cultivate those gifts as we grow and as we continue to evolve. But then we come to a point where we have to expand our range, where let's say my primary gift has been the gift of heart, And I'm very caring and I'm very considerate about others, but I'm not particularly fierce or decisive or straightforward about what I want. So if there's something that isn't working, I am not so inclined to say no, for example. So so part of evolution to me is expanding my range. So it's not to say that I shouldn't be heartfelt anymore or that I shouldn't be caring. It's more to say, how can I add some fierceness to my caring so that I can um, put my gifts into service in an even more impactful way? And then um, after that or included with that is being able to take a larger perspective. I believe that evolution is about being able to take a larger perspective. So I might look at something from a very narrow viewpoint um, earlier in my evolution, and the thing that is evolving is my ability to see things from a larger view. So, if you imagine that you're in an airplane, um, you're you know when you're taking off on the runway, you can see everything really clearly. You can see the, the the concrete or the pavement and the trees and the grass. And as you climb higher and higher, you can see much much more. You can see the landscape, the roads. It's almost like looking at Google Maps on, on from the air. And you begin to take a larger and larger perspective. And then you get even higher and now you're in the clouds and you can see the largest perspective of all. So that's what I mean by that. So enough framework for now. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, let's see if we can do some application of this. I'm Shamin. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. And I'll see you on the other side of this break.
0: are making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market.
1: Hello, I'm Shamin Sadiq, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit ANJALIleadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to ANJALIleadership.com and let's get started.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shameen at Leadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership.
1: Welcome back. This is Shameen. We're talking about an evolution here on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. So, I said that we would come back from the break and start to put some of this framework that we've been discussing about evolution into application. We'd sort of practice with it or or use it with ourselves. Before we do that, let me tell you about some upcoming events that you might be interested in. The Leadership Circle Profile Certification, so this frame of... Uh, heart will and willpower and intellect that I've been talking about I said it arose from a body of work that I am involved with called the leadership circle and I happen to teach certification in the leadership circle profile to coaches and other HR professionals other human development professionals so if this is you and you're not certified yet then come and join me In the D.C. area, I'll be teaching September 9th to 11th, and I'll be in Denver teaching from September 30th to October 2nd. So I know it's the summertime and everyone's thinking about all the vacation and relaxation that they're going to do, but if you're planning for your development for the fall, come and join us, consider coming to join us in one of those locations. As well, we teach the leadership circle all over the world, so wherever you are, you can find something, I hope, close by, it doesn't have to be me that teaches it. There are plenty of others who are awesome as well. And just go to theleadershipcircle.com and look for dates and locations there. But If you want to come with me and do this, then those are the times to do so. As well, I have a group of, uh, a, a collective of coaches that are coming together again uh, sometime in September in Western Canada to deepen their understanding of some of these frameworks that I've been talking about. So coaches who have been introduced to these frameworks and have you know, some experience working with them but would like to deepen their understanding of them so that they can put that into service with their clients and also, and very important to me, that we as professionals who invite people to do this work That we do it with ourselves. So an opportunity for you as a coach to use this work with yourself as you deepen your understanding of how to use it out there with your clients. That's going to be happening in September, somewhere in Western Canada, maybe Vancouver, maybe Calgary. We're still getting a sense of who's coming and who's interested and who's willing to commit. And then I'll have more solid details for you. So even that, as a process, is evolving, right? People said, we want this, and I said, okay, let's talk about it, and we did, and we set some intention around it. Now we're calling people to join us. So if that's interesting to you and Western Canada is a place that you could travel to in the fall, then please send me an email. Again, it's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at AnjaliLeadership.com, and I'll send you some more information. So that's that for you. So those are all the upcoming events I want to talk about for now. There'll be one more coming later in the fall, and I'll have more to say about that, I hope, by next week. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so application. So let's see if we can put this framework of how we evolve into play here with you. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take a piece of paper, and a pen or a pencil or some writing implement and put it in front of you and just begin to um, take take some notes. Uh, write, write down what you think your gifts are. When I say gift of heart, what I'm talking about is the ability to form warm and caring relationships with other human beings. Uh, or uh, or animals too. Uh, yes, that's also gift of heart. But the ability to form warm and caring relationships, the the sense of of wanting good things for other people, of being interested in connection, and uh, development and mentoring and and all of that sort of leading people, working as a team. That's what I mean by gift of heart, as well as having a certain amount of self awareness, like. Gift of heart can be extended to ourselves as well. So knowing yourself or being curious about your own learning. That's what I mean by gift of heart. And so if that is one of your gifts, then write it down. Uh, And gift of intellect. Sort of search into yourself and see if that's one of your gifts. This is about the ability to discern, to see patterns, to see how things are going to unfold. Um, Some people have a natural gift for being able to hear a proposal and that envisioning what will happen with it if it goes forward. So if that's uh, one of your gifts, um, you're very smart, you're very quick to pick things up, to see patterns, to predict things, that's gift of intellect. So write that down. And then the third gift is the gift of willpower. And, of course, there are more gifts than this. I'm just speaking kind of generally. I think a lot of our gifts kind of fall into these three categories. Gift of willpower is about getting things done, um, wanting to create something Caring a lot about something and then being motivated to put it into action. Perhaps it's about creating a business or a new product or a new app or (laughs) um, some kind of thing that matters to you that pulls you into wanting to do something about it. That's what I mean by gift of willpower. So think about what your gifts are and just make note of them for now. Your homework will be to expand on that a little bit, maybe write down a few of the stories. We were talking about the stories underneath some of our gifts. So my gift of you know being able to do a lot of things by myself has some stories under it. So I'm sometimes compelled to do everything myself because I believe that it won't be done well or correctly by anybody else. Um, it's not true, but it's just a story I'm telling myself. And I've been realizing the cost of that story for some time. So start to articulate what the stories are underneath your gifts, the stories that keep you offering that gift. And there's always going to be a wonderful element to these gifts. I mean, you just, when you hear me talking about them, you you must be thinking, oh yeah, that's a great thing to have, um, heart, intellect, or willpower. And yes, indeed, they are all great And they have a deficit that goes along with them, too, when we use them too much or we use them thoughtlessly or unconsciously. So when I don't think about what I'm doing and I just say yes to everything because I believe I'm the only one who can do it that well or I believe that I'd be letting people down, that's not so useful to me. That's not a a very useful way for me to use that gift because that will have me... Uh, saying yes to everything and then being exhausted after a little while because nobody can do everything. Although I like to believe sometimes that I can. It's actually not true. I can't do everything. I need others to help. And so see if you can begin to articulate what some of your stories are underneath your gift. Now, if you need help with this, if this is something that is hard to do on your own, which it is until you get in the practice of it, it can be a bit daunting or a bit fuzzy then give us a call and let's get started on some work together so I can help you to uncover what your stories are. Uh, Then let's look at range. So if you wrote down on your piece of paper that you know your primary gift is the gift of heart, then I want to look at the gift of willpower. I want you to look at that as the place to expand your range into. So Some people, when I talk about this, they say, well, if I was more decisive and purposeful and driven, then I wouldn't be as nice. Then I'd have to become a jerk or become a person who isn't very kind. And my answer to that is no. I'm not saying you have to give up your other gift. I'm saying let's cultivate the gift you have and stretch into the energy and the opportunity that some of these other gifts have to offer. And if your gift is the gift of willpower and you aren't particularly heartfelt, then the range for you will be to take all that purposefulness and all that drivenness and commitment to action and to some purpose or vision, and to begin to enroll others in it. Uh, even though I'm a very heartfelt person, and even the story of the show of uh, the name of the show is stories from the heart of leadership it's a real reflection of my primary gift. I also have a lot of this willpower in me and it can keep me separate and alone and working by myself. And so the range I had to establish was how how do I trust others enough to let them be part of something that I care about? And I'm still very much a work in progress on this one because I struggle with it all the time, but I'm getting better at it and I My assistant and some of my colleagues will tell you that I've loosened my grip on it (laughs) since since we started off with this part of the journey together. So looking at how to expand range or where to expand your range. If your gift is the gift of intellect, you might might be served by expanding into either um, more heart or adding some heart or some willpower. So that's the second part of your homework or your exploration or application of this is to, is to consider uh, what, what's on the other side. What's the range that you could expand into so that you could include this gift and expand it? And then the third piece of application is to, to see if you can take a higher perspective, so imagine that, again, we'll use this airplane, or maybe a hot air balloon is a better, um, a better way to think about it because an airplane is moving fast in a forward direction. But a hot air balloon just lifts off the ground and kind of goes straight up. Of course, the wind blows it, but it doesn't have a forward momentum as fast as an airplane. So imagine that you're in this hot air balloon, and as the balloon lifts off the ground and goes higher and higher, you can see more and more and more of the landscape beneath you. And you can see more of what's around you. You get more connected to uh, things that are higher up like the clouds or the sun or the wind. And you can see a broader range of things, a broader perspective on things. So I don't have too much direction to offer you on that piece. But I just invite you to, well, maybe you'll do a little visualization where you imagine yourself rising up in this hot air balloon And maybe you'll note what you see. Um, So for me, when I take a higher perspective, I see that what I care about is to be of service, is to help people to um, become more resilient, to be more effective leaders, and to empower themselves to create whatever matters to them. When I'm close to the ground, I think um, silly things like, I have to do it all myself, But when I get a little bit higher up at about, you know, two or three or 400 feet or maybe at 1,000 feet, then I realize that there's so much work to be done, I couldn't ever do it all by myself. And so if I care a lot about being of service in this way, then joining with others to serve in this way is a way that that more people can benefit from this. So there's just a simple example of how um, I can take a broader perspective when I look at this from from higher up, that, uh, that more people will be served by us working together. So then I don't have to do everything by myself. Then I can actually assemble a team and we can work together, which is what we are in the process of doing now. We're getting close to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed what we've talked about so far. And I want to read a poem that I wrote. Um, it's called Sorting Through Old Clothes. And it's just a lighthearted poem that speaks to this notion of evolution I put down this cloak of blame. I take off this coat of shame. I unwrap this shawl of helplessness and put them all away. They served me well, way back then and yesterday, kept me safe and away from pain. Where I'm sitting now, I feel I don't need them anymore. In this moment of nakedness, I'm not sure what to do, so I'll sit here quietly, awaiting the new, vestments that were woven long ago and are already on their way. As they arrive, I unpack in delight. Each piece will take time to fully become mine. And that is all right. So go slow with this. Enjoy. Savor it. Take your time. Slow it down. You don't have to get anywhere. Anytime. Enjoy. And I will look forward to speaking with you next week. For now, this is Shamin Sadiq, and I'll talk to you next time. Take good care.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadek will be back next Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a wonderful week. And remember, we are all members of this great human family. You are not alone.